Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Melissa Time. This is uh, another week to catch up on whatever the hell has been going on. And I uh, hope you've been doing well. I hope uh, everything you've ever wished for or wanted in your entire life has been gifted to you by the uh, universe tenfold. Or maybe the powers that be. Or maybe like the World Economic Forum has whoever is responsible for granting wishes i hope that person has hooked you up with everything that you will ever want and need in your entire life right now i hope it, they have provided you with everything and you have nothing to strive for from this day forward you're just adrift now because you have no ambition anymore because everything has been given to you and has fallen on your lap you're done. Now, what? Go to a beach and look out at the ocean, I guess. Beaches are a good place for the end. I think that's why a lot of old people go to the beach. You know, they tell themselves that it's because they want to go swimming and it's good for your vitality to get up at six in the morning. As every old person, get up at six in the morning, go swim in the ocean. You know, every, t every old person you see at the beach thinks that they've just that's the fountain fountain of youth the minute you turn 35 that's when every, all of your peers start swearing that they found the the solution to not growing old and dying and it'll be a diet it'll be a lifestyle it'll be a kind of retirement plan maybe or just uh, going to the beach and swimming in the ocean at 6 a.m every single day on the dot and the thing is, it's like, you know, that is good for you. So you live a little bit longer. So then, you know, I don't know. You can't live forever. But the beach is a good place to go if you want to feel like you can. Something about beaches. They feel, they feel timeless. The minute you get to a beach, it feels like the end of a story, of everything. The end of everything in your life. You just sit there like a like a balding seal in like a pink seal on the on the sand and uh, you look around at other hairless aquatic semi-aquatic animals like yourself you know genus retiree saurus or something that's the animal kingdom of retirement and you just uh, you just stop everything feels like it's stopped that's and I think that gives you the illusion that you're you've found a way to extend your life. That's why people like going to Caribbean islands. If you've ever been to a Caribbean island, one of the first things you'll notice is that every hour you spend there feels like two days worth of time in a city like New York or something like that. And I think it's just proximity to the beach and the ocean because the ocean just feels like it goes on forever and you can too, but it's all a lie. In fact, a lot of those granules of sand come from the fossils of probably a lot of beings that got to a beach, looked out at the sea and, and thought that same thing. It's like, I think I could live forever here, right? And then you don't and you just become sand. Just a platform the, for the delusions of other people seeking immortality.
Anyway, so, you know, I like to start on a light note, so I hope that was good for you, huh? What's up with you? How you been? Uh, yeah. Actually, I hope, I hope you, you see, so if you consider it that way, I actually hope that you haven't been granted any of your dreams, and they're still far ahead of you, and, and just accessible enough to feel like you can accomplish them. And, uh, that's it. That's the best we could hope for from each other. I've been, uh, trying to find a room to start a show in here in Austin. I don't know. I'm just trying to get off my ass and start doing shit. And, um, you know, that's been successful so far. I found a couple spots that look pretty good. See how it goes. And one's an art studio. So I'm trying to come up with some artsy comedy show theme that might work out. I was thinking of, um, you know, maybe art, comedy, how can they intermingle? I don't know. Maybe uh, it's a comedy show that becomes uh, an escape room of some kind and you have to use your powers of creativity to get out. So if you're uh, mediocre at art, you'll never escape. And that's what we call Hollywood, I think. That's right. The key is talent, and many have been left trapped in that city for millennia, because they don't have that. They're cooking and stuff. I'm making tamales this weekend. I've been I've made pies. I made a pumpkin pie and an apple pie. They're ready for Saturday. I froze them, and I made um, just fifty meat. Like I made 50 meatballs, which is insane because it's really just for me and Jean. And occasionally I'll offer them to friends if it looks like they're the type that'll get into some meatballs. I like offering people food, but then it's also, you know, it's iffy. You don't want to, because not everybody wants your food and then it feel, they'll feel awkward turning it down. You know, it's, you might as well offer them for some people offering them food. Like you may as well offer them your titty, you know, like, Hey, you want, you want my left titty for, yeah. And it's like, you know, some people will be like, Hey, yeah, it's not, you know, titties, they're nice. Right. But then like every, not everybody, right. They're just like, Hey, you know, we've only known each other for like six months. So how about cool it? You know, I don't really want to know about your titty. It's too intimate, right? A little too much too soon. I think food is intimate to people because also, um, you know, you're never sure of other people's hygiene, right? So, uh, you don't know, I could, I could just be dropping boogers left and right and everything. Right. And you never know that about anybody or, or I could be making meatballs out of, uh, human cadavers, right. That I find on the beach, you know, old people that, uh, didn't make it to the shore to, to do their 6am swim. Right. And I just like put them in a wheelbarrow, chuck, grind them up in the, uh, the old meat grinder right? and make some meatballs. And then I, I, you know, I call it recycling, but you know, not everybody's into that. So you don't know where, where other people are making their food and how they make it. So I totally get, you know, and also like everybody has a different palate. And, uh, my theory is also that every household has a different palate that develops based on the power dynamics of that family. So the most powerful person or or the strongest personality of every household or personalities uh, that's the dominant palette 
and then you know it's going to be there's going to be some input from the the beta members right but overall right it'll be like if that person the dominant person maybe the the person that makes the income or some shit right if that person uh prefers red wine everybody's doing red wine right that's just that's kind of how it goes and you just have to be headstrong enough for your palate to reign supreme in your household you have to never give an inch but you know there's a hierarchy at play so you have to navigate that it's fucking it's uh it's very dicey it's a dicey sitch you know you gotta be careful yeah, you don't want to step on any toes, but you also got to make it clear that mushrooms will be appearing sautéed on plates frequently, right? And this is the hill you're going to die on. So, uh, yeah, and some people hate cilantro, right? And so you can't have cilantro in this house, right? So it, everybody's palate is just formed by weird hierarchies and power dynamics within little families, right? Little family units. And so they don't match up with everybody else's household, right? So if I like a pie crust that's a certain mm, texture or made up in a certain way with, uh, I don't know, vodka and vegetable shortening, right? And butter, uh, other people don't like that, right? And you're like, I don't know, you just, you notice. You notice when you're not eating the palate of, of your... Uh, of your lord and savior, whoever pays the bills or some shit like that, or if you pay the bills, right? You just resent not being the dominant palate. So it's hard. It's it's very complicated, right? So you you should only offer food to people who you, you can be sure share a similar palate to you. Usually, I go by dark and dark versus light, right? I think those are the two. That's the two. Those are the. That's the main schism in the religion of food, is um light bright palettes right people who like a lot of sugar white sugar they they go to more towards sweet uh not so salty uh or you know salty but evenly sweet right and they like white flowers they like um berries and they like they like brighter white wine sinfandels rosés right that's the light frosting right creams and such right and then there's people on the dark palette who like, you know, dark, 80% cocoa chocolate, motherfucker, like red wine that somebody fucking took a shit in, right? Just, or maybe just like stuck up, like white, no white wine on the dark palate side. It's like red wines that maybe got steeped in somebody's like muddy boot for a couple of months, you know? Or maybe if you're, if you're into like Dominican alcoholic like mama Juana, right? Something that's, that's been brined in, in bark and dried husks of things and shit like that, right? And you like uh, you like steak, right? Bright palates like chicken, you know, and uh, maybe pork. These are like lighter foods, right? And uh, of course, there's overlap, obviously, but I'm just identifying the two that I've seen, I've noticed. You know, bright palates, those kind of people, they like cupcakes. You know what I'm saying? People on the dark palate side, red velvet, chocolate cake, shit like that, you know? Uh, uh, pecan pie, but not too sweet, right? Like, like okay, a person on the dark palate side will, of, will often complain that they would like pecan pie because pecans are kind of a dark roasted nut in the pie and a dark crust, you know? But if it not for the sort of the corn syrup based uh goop that's underneath it right because that's bright palette shit you know what i'm saying um 
I don't know. Really, honestly, uh, I got into cooking because it's a good way for me to punish my anxieties with. It's very, like, it's, it's even part of the reason why I'm growing my hair this long. Because I'm just trying to, you know, as I, as I reach female adulthood and all of those fucking, just all of the female anxieties, right? Like that develop as you age that I have complete contempt for. And I'm very aware of them, I guess, from just neuroticism. And I, I have contempt for them. I don't respect them. Uh, so whenever I feel like any kind of panic attacky bullshit, you know, I'll, I will go and double down on that thing. Like I will double down on that. I'll, and I'd, it's almost like I, like, I don't know, like a, like a perpetual wrestling match with my brain. My brain's always trying to kind of, kind of, uh, degrade into this fight or flight, uh, simpering, pathetic female, right? You know what I mean? And then there's just a part of me that that's like, the fuck out of here, you stupid bitch. You're not going to win this one. You're not going to win this round. You're not going to win any of the rounds, you know? So I, and I just, so I just start engaging in this weird, uh, battle of of fucking will i don't know how there's a better term for i can't think of right now but it's just uh just perpetual uh resentment driven uh just not giving an inch stubbornness against myself you know like like that part of myself like fuck that bitch you know what i mean and like whatever she might win eventually right because we all just decay in all kinds of ways but for now, while I still have a fucking neuron in my brain, fuck this bitch. You know what I mean? Like, fuck this old stupid bitch. So I do. So, you know, like I, I grow my hair long just to just to have the discipline to care for it. Right. I cook just to exert dominance over myself to have the discipline to, um, you know, time everything cook everything, shape everything, have everything done on time. You know what I mean? Like I started a garden, same shit. I work out, same shit. It's like, I, I just, uh, all I, like, I just, all of this well being I'm granting myself and is just all based on like, like some weird kind of self-loathing and it totally works, totally works so far. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I might be backing myself up into some kind of weird emotional corner just have a fucking nervous breakdown one day chop my hair off you know like a britney spears kind of deal maybe maybe i'm just that right and i'm fighting something inevitable you know i'm fighting just that inevitable like shaving my head bald and flashing my pussy uh in public scenario and uh for now you know managing to hold it together and get through the day not that bad uh the weird thing though is kind of strike trying to strike a balance between focusing on my shit but also keeping a foot in the world especially now that I'm in a place where it's not that easy to just jump on public transportation you know I'm in Austin and I moved here from New York it's not that easy to just jump out and be in society you know what I mean? Be in the bustle of people moving around. And most of the time, the bustle of people around here is just them getting fucking trashed. You know, like in other cities, I want to say New York, but I'm sure there's other cities, right? I'm just being very, um, 
kind of stuck up about it, I guess. I'm stuck up about being from New York, as all New Yorkers are. But, uh, but, but it is a fact, you know, like, if you want to get into a, a hustle and bustle kind of scene in New York, you have more than one to choose from. In Austin, it's really just the party scene, the music scene, right? And, uh, and the drug scene and all that. And they all just kind of flow into each other because that's what drugs, alcohol, and music does, right? They're very complementary. And in New York, though, you could, you know, you can kind of jump into the financial district during rush hour, right? You can hop into Chelsea uh, during Capoeira hour. I don't know, Chelsea during like vegan juice time, lunch break guy, gay guy with a lesbian buddy going to the juice, get a juice together. I don't know, what, whatever they do in Chelsea, right? Taking a break from being a, a dentist's um a dental receptionist, whatever. And you can just be in these different vibes. And then you can go to the tourist district, you know, and, they, and those are separate. But in Austin, they're kind of the same. So yeah, it's, a, it's harder here to get variety. But it's, it's just harder in general to kind of jump in and out of the flow of human traffic, like you could in New York. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out how to do that. But also, not a good idea, right? That's like coming here and bitching about there not being good pizza, which there is. There is good pizza. Uh, I think it's, it's a place called Home Slice or some shit. And uh, and that's actual, that actually does taste like New York pizza. So, or pretty close. Very, like, I would say like 95.8% close to New York City pizza. There is something, you know, but there's something. I think it's in the water supply, you know? They don't have like dead mobsters in their water here. And uh, something of that gets lost, I think, from the lack of a watershed. And yeah, but I hear they import New York City water here to make that pizza. So that's something. But yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't be looking for the same dynamic, right? I should, I should be kind of trying to enjoy the things that this place has to offer. But I don't like floating on a river on a piece of uh flotsam and jetsam you know i don't like just sitting on a log somewhere so i just can't i don't know i can't get into it it's just weird there goes my light but anyway uh i don't know i would like to maybe get jeans jean brought this up but that does sound good to me jean wants to go and uh drive kind of further west and just see what's out there, you know, just check out some natural beauty. There's a lot of uh, geological tourism. So I'd be down for that because that's pretty epic. And I'm okay with being alone, you know, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a wilderness. You're never really alone in any wilderness that attracts any kind of tourism anymore, though, because just people are everywhere. The middle class... Uh, will reign supreme and it is global now. So there's just middle-class people from all over the fucking world everywhere. I don't know. It's funny when people, the, the weirdest thing is the fact that we know this about, like when you go to the pyramids of Giza, you know, we, you've already seen that meme, that picture online that shows you the three pyramids of Giza and then has the flip side where, or like the, um, 
the outtake, you know, where it goes, it zooms out more. And all of a sudden you realize that this picture of Giza, which is supposed to be this picturesque three pyramids in a, in a desert, right? A pristine desert is actually like five feet away from like a filthy open air market of, of just hustling, bustling, yelling Arabic people. You're trying to get this like fishmongers and shit. There's like somebody taking a, a dump in a hole, you know, it's like, Probably somebody giving a giving birth in some uh, Arabic Kentucky Fried Chicken or some shit like that, you know, in a bathroom. But uh, all of that is happening five feet away from the pyramids of Giza, right? And and like we know that now. We the the illusion has been uh, revealed for uh, what it is. It's a big lie, right? So it's weird. The weirdest thing to me is people, because I is people that go to the pyramids of Giza and take the picture uh, with their backs to the pyramids, right? And then, and they're still pretending like the pyramids of Giza are still in this mirage of a pristine desert, uh, untouched oasis, you know? It's, you know what I mean? Like, a guy just asked you for a buck like 10 minutes before you took that picture, you know what I mean? And to go maybe do crack or something, I don't know. Or opium, is it opium that druggies do over there? I don't know. Hashish, right, I guess they do hash. But that would be like just anybody. So maybe like a teenager or something. I don't know. Do they have punks over there? Punk rockers and smoke weed and and uh, wear steel-toed boots? That's too hot for that climate. But it's just weird. I know a lady who did that recently I checked her Instagram. She was my um, English professor at Columbia and she uh, just became one of those fucking, sh those, um, uh, those, uh, what's the term? Just, uh, just a Ponzi schemer. Just, she's just a schemer. She's a hustler. She became, she, she dropped out of Columbia. Uh, I, I kind of saw her arc into where she is now. She, she was a creative uh, writing professor. She wrote this book about uh, whatever, being a junkie and having an abortion or something like that, right? And it was like New York Times bestseller list and all this bullshit. And then she dropped out. She, I think she was like a meditation professor at Harvard or, or no, a meditation consultant or some bullshit like that. Uh, got fired, probably. She was very vague what happened there. Uh, did a bunch, and then now she just... Um, She's a, she's a fucking bullshit artist. You know, she's like one of those Instagram influencer bullshit artists that just sell you on um, promises of a lifestyle that are inaccessible to the people that she's targeting because they're low functioning, incompetent adults. And they don't want to admit that to themselves, that they are broken and they need to work on themselves. So they just throw money at this this crazy bitch who used to be my creative writing professor because she's promising them that she'll teach them how to manage money better with the power of their uh, yoni uh, pussy magic. You know what I mean? It's shit like that. It's insane. And then she, so she took a picture of the pyramids of Giza hand in hand, like skipping along all of them dressed in white, you know, and just skipping along the pyramids of Giza together. And just like, ah, we're at a meditation retreat with the girls. We're just accessing our feminine energy and our power. You know, it's like, it's, I, I hate those people, but 
I respect the fact that they have identified a demographic of morons and desperate people who don't want to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror and uh, take accountability for anything or anything like that and either fix their lives or just like settle into how much of a fuck up you are. Like be yourself, you know, one or the other. But instead they just choose neither and just give all of their money and time and energy and trust into this chick who's promising them that she's gonna take them to, you know, the promised land basically, which apparently is across the street from a shitty open air market in Giza. So I don't know, you know, that's her job. And I don't even know if she makes, how much money can she possibly make doing that? It has to be enough because she is putting a lot of work into it, right? And that's the thing. I think if you can just, if you can fool at least a hundred people, if you can just get, if you can get a hundred people, uh, I don't know, let's say a year, right? Uh, and just kind of maintain a hundred people. You lose a few, then you gain it, but you maintain it at about a hundred. You could squeeze those people for a lot. You could probably get a, you can, you can get a pretty, you know, minor income out of them, right? So now think about 200, 300, right? Instagram has a reach where you could potentially get a couple hundred people to basically give you money for you to live on for the rest of your life. And if you are smart with that money, you know, whatever, you could retire on it, right? And then go to the beach and pretend that you can live forever and just become the sand. But yeah, she, uh, I don't know, man, just crazy. That, and that's the thing, you know, that's, that's the female aging midlife crisis shit that I, I'm trying to fight, you know, with, with all my power. And it's like, I'm not going to succeed a hundred percent, right? You, you just get old. You, you make mistakes. You don't account for everything. You know, you fuck up, you miss a thing, right? You'll have, there will be flaws, there will be problems, but I don't know, man. I mean, th what's the other choice? Just become that chick, you know what I mean? Just become uh, like a professional online scam artist just to survive, you know? I don't know. And it's not something, I don't know. You know, like I'm not even, actually no, fuck that. I, I, like, to, I like to always say like, oh, I don't judge, you know? But you know, I do judge that a little bit. I do, ju I judge that a little bit. You know what I mean? She was a creating, creative writing professor at Columbia University. She had a, a, she had a boost into a community that she could have made something of herself in if she had only just learned to, to not be a loser or something. Or not, am I being too harsh? If she had only learned to, to look around, see what's, what way she could actually provide value and just do that or something, right? I think a loser is somebody who who doesn't even try, who doesn't try, but then doesn't want to admit that it's just that's on them, you know? If if you never provide value to anybody, but you know that you're the problem, I think that's acceptable, right? Can't hate a person for that. Because it's, it's the sincerity, I think that matters, right? Just like, don't be too full of shit. And the problem with that lady is like, she is full of shit, right? She's not only lying to these people, 
she's lying to herself, you know? I don't know. She, she, has, she has like that wide-eyed, like, if I blink, I'll see the truth behind my eyelids, so I can't do that kind of look on her face that you see on certain people online. Like, the, the desperation is, is coming from them just running away from themselves. And that's just like, it's, a, it's an easy fix, right? You just stop trying to run and, uh, and just face your, your loserdom, right? We're all losers in some way. We are all losers somehow, right? I am an adult person. I have no skills that go further than telling good jokes, right? That's not that, that's not good. That's not a good thing, right? It's, uh, but I, that's just how it is, right? I am too something, too stubborn to give up on this. I'm just gonna keep going. Fuck it. But the problem is, is I'm putting myself in a position to potentially have to become a scam artist one day. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just try to figure out a way to be a sincere scam artist. Kind of like Trump, you know? Just uh, be that. Admit it, though. Never lie to your people, right? You're giving them an experience. If you're at least... You're promising to give them an experience. So if you at least give them an experience, you never lied. You know what I mean? You never lied about it. And I think that's kind of the Trump thing or something. Unfortunately, that's become like a bona fide uh, career path for people that's making things insane because basically i mean what that is is demagoguery you know like demagoguery has become locked into our media as a job it's a job and i think it might be good that it's a job right it goes it has a pipeline right into the media which we all know is just smoke and mirrors and because we know that go ahead right say whatever crazy shit you want but as long as it doesn't bleed up, bleed into reality where we start believing demagoguery, right? And just crazy shit that people say is real. I don't know. That's a, that's, a, I don't know. And it can cross over pretty easily from what I've seen over the last few years. So, yeah. I, I mean, as long as you can go outside, I think there's a way to, to get a reality check. That was the thing about the pandemic. There was no way out for a lot of people. Like if you decided, can't go outside, you know, you live with somebody who's older, whatever, or fat or something, or you're fat, right? You gotta stay home or, you, or you're or you like, you got debilitating illness, you can't combine it with COVID, right? You gotta stay inside, you gotta stay inside. So whatever. So that, together with all the crazy shit happening in the news, or shall I call it news entertainment, that's what we have now, is uh, news theater. That was the, it was, uh, there was no way to have a reality check. There was no way to go outside, look at other people in the eyes and be like, oh yeah, you're not demons. You're not spawns of Satan. You're not trying to take my social security away from me, right? You're not trying to reinstitute slavery. Nice, right? Everybody's cool. And you can go back inside. But there was no opportunity to do that for a lot of people during the... And that's why I think things got fucking psychotic, you know? Because the... Yeah, these algorithms are too good at learning about what makes you freak out, I think. 
But I don't know, man. I think we should just keep, I think we should just double down on misinformation. Uh, just a, let's let it be, let it go, let it happen. Because I think this is the only way to immunize anybody from, I think, I think if you just let misinformation let it roll, right? Like, yeah, cut out the hate, cut out blatant hate speech, right? Because that's just against the law. But misinformation, let that shit roll. Let it roll, right? Roll the dice on that. See what comes up. Snake eyes, you know? That's Putin. That's going on there, right? Just let it roll. Because I think eventually we could adapt to uh, having more of a better instinct about what to to uh, double check, right? What to fact check and uh, what seems like bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like growing up in an abusive household with a narcissistic parent. That's the thing, that's the internet now. The internet is, that's why everybody's like, oh, nar-. you know, you notice like 10, 20 years ago, they started with this whole thing like, oh, you're a narcissist, is he a narcissist? Am I a narcissist? Are we narcissists? Is society a narcissist? No, the internet your interaction with it is narcissist. It's like as if you were talking to a narcissist, right? Because every person you see on Twitter, you know, you're just, it feels like it's one entity saying all of these mixed messages to you, right? Gaslighting you on one hand and then validating you on the other, right? And rewarding you for certain behaviors and then not, you know, because social media just tries to modify and tweak your behavior for you to fucking buy uh, an adult Happy Meal and shit like that, you know, just to be able to position different products in front of you and get you in the right mood to buy something, which is anxiety. <laughs> the higher the anxiety, the more shoes you will buy, right? Because you're anxious about not having enough footwear to uh, cross the border on when you decide it's time to go to Mexico. And then there's like tons of porn and shit, except right. All every generation ever since like past mid millennial, right, has been just molested by the internet with just oodles and oodles of porn, right? All kinds of choking and blah, 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 and euphoria, you know, which is just basically softcore porn for for boomers and millennials alike to watch to, and jerk off to together, and because they're both represented there, right? and then. Uh, you just have so so like every kid is molested by the internet every kid is gaslit by the internet right so you know people who grow up in those families learn to detect liars right you just get you get an instinct for it you know what i mean and so you know people adapt i think the i don't think they should monitor not monitor, maybe monitor, right? You gotta monitor shit, I suppose. But, you know, there should be rules about that. But they shouldn't try to control misinformation because it's like, who are you, right? And I don't know, I don't trust anybody to manage information. Get the fuck out of here. No thank you. <sighs> yeah. I'm rereading 100 Years of Solitude. I'll just leave with that. I'm rereading 100 Years of Solitude. And when I first read it, when I first read this book, I was 14, maybe. 
And this book blew my fucking mind because contextually, right? I was a teen, you know, early teen, Latina, you know, exploring my ethnicity and uh, thinking about myself and my identity and me and uh, also a chick. So really into my feelings and uh, the fluidity of my emotional states, which is basically the menstrual cycle. And uh, when I read it, it was, I was at the right level of emotional immaturity to really be into that book. Now I'm reading it again and I have basically realized what a basic bitch I was when I was 14, which is understandable because you're a basic bitch when you're 14, 15, right? Just like dudes are morons, 14, right? You're an idiot until you're mid twenties, maybe. I don't even know, whatever. Some people grow faster than others. But it's kind of like The Alchemist, you know? It's a, it's a basic bitch book. Anybody who tells you that they're into magical realism, be suspicious. Suspicious, okay? They don't like challenging material. They like books that make them feel like they're being stroked on the inside by uh by the author you know in a way that's non-molestational but you know that's but like romantic it's a romance novel kind of deal magical realism is just rebranding romance novels on a certain level and just making them a little more esoteric that's it so they're fluff and uh this book is not a totally fluff, right? It's it's a symbolic journey through the history of Latin America. I get it, okay? It's just la it's just that I don't know. It's and it's not bad. I'm into it, you know. I'm rereading it and all, but I I'm like seeing it for what it is for me now, and it's just like, damn, that it's such a basic bitch book. It's like you got to read this book, sitting by a windowsill, you know, sipping a cup of tea with your oversized sweater, you know what I mean? And your fuzzy socks. It's the kind of book that it is. I don't know, magical realism is just romance. It's just romance novels for people who like to pretend that they are political. That's it. So it's like romance novels with a political aesthetic. That's what magical realism is. So, you know, I don't know, whatever, look, it's good, okay? I would, I'm not saying don't read it, read it. It's good, author's good, writing is good. But I definitely got the feeling as I was reading it, you know how when you watch a movie when you're young you're, and you're like, this is one of the most amazing uh, formative movies that I ever saw or ever will see again, you know? This, this movie changed, like shifted, not changed, shifted, slightly the trajectory of my maturity right just by watching it reading it right and then you show somebody that movie as an adult and now you're sitting next to that person watching this movie like almost through their lens a little bit because you're aware of them a little you know who they are that person and you suddenly 
realize that the movie is not as good as you said it was. <laughs> Your memory of it was just filling in the empty parts of what you saw with the context of you may and that made it better you know what i mean like your teenage angst your ignorance your basic bitchness basically you know what i mean so i don't know and it could be that i'm just reading stuff that's a, a little drier so so maybe my palate's kind of not built right for that right now you know i just got through reading like a book about economics you know wealth of, i just got through reading wealth of nations it's like one of the most driest most boring but really good books ever but you know maybe, maybe i need a a palate cleanser maybe i need to uh kind of skim through the alchemist and, and khalil gibran's uh the prophet and all those kinds of fucking books and then i can dive back into 100 years of solitude and not feel uh like i'm being talked down to i don't know but anyway I highly recommend 100 Years of Solitude. Um, it's a great book. That's it for me for today. I think I'm done. Um, I'm glad I got to catch up with you. And I'm glad you tuned in again and you're listening and all that stuff. You know, you didn't have to. And you did. So thanks. And I hope it was entertaining. And uh, I'll uh, be doing another one soon. So stay tuned. And until then... Have a great weekend and yeah, keep uh, chasing them dreams and shit because without them, you're at the beach. You know what I mean? All right. Bye. See you later.